That was a good comeback episode. Actually, a buddy of mine last night, Tim Tim O'Sullivan, was like, hey, when are you guys going to do another episode? He's like, I've been oh, waiting. Nice. And I was like, oh, like, actually, we're doing one tomorrow night. Yeah. He's like, good, I've been waiting. Like, I was like, yeah, my friend at work stopped asking. Yeah. And actually, another another guy, um, Sean, was asking me, he's like, because he didn't know we were doing this. Another oh, Jimmy yeah. was telling me, he's like, oh, Rick does this podcast with some guys and blah, 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 whatever. And he's like, oh, really? And I'm like, yeah. It's like, making, I was being stupid. Yeah. But tonight he was like, where's your fucking podcast? Where's it at? Where do I find it? Well, here it is. Celebrate his entire catalog. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. I think I'm getting shocked. <clears throat> so, so what did you think of the Tobin Center, Mike? I oh. thought it was a really neat venue. Yeah. Really cool place. Yeah, I thought that screen was pretty impressive. thought the architecture of the building was really nice. That's nice. That's nice. I like the lighting on it. Lighting was, really was very cool. nice. I like. I didn't like the heat. No, the heat. The sucked. Tobin Center the heat heat, heating issue is well. probably not going to work <laughs> for me. Just well. They so, need to find a way so to keep it cooler in their outside. We'll we'll paint stage. the picture. We'll paint the picture. We were there for this first Saturday that it was open. It had opened on Wednesday, and then we were there on was it Friday or Saturday? It was a Saturday. Saturday, yeah, yeah, it was a Saturday. So we were there for Saturday's performance. However, we were not indoors for Jason Mraz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were, we were outdoors. We, we were kind, weren't we, Michael? I so was I. I went to the front door just the same as you guys and was <laughs> like, "I'm here for neat ideas." And the guy said, "In the backyard, Mexican." Damn, that's how it felt. That's how it felt. All I know is that Rick showed up and I was in shorts and a t-shirt, <laughs> ready to go, and he's in jeans, and I'm like, "Oh, is this like a nice place?" He's like, it's like the Majestic Theater. So first thing I'm thinking is, "Cold." Majestic's really no, just nice place. Yeah. I knew it would be warm anyway, but. Well, it's a really nice place, so I better go change. So I go up there and put on a collared shirt, uh, short sleeve, and yeah. then my jeans. And uh, lo and behold, you arrive in your shorts and T-shirt. But I'm like, well, that's par for the course for Mario. So <laughs> he'll be underdressed, and Rick and I are good to go. And then what do we find when we walk up to the front doors of the Tobin Center? Like, Jason Mraz? And we're like, uh, no. <laughs> Yours is around the side. and then In the backyard, it's right by the river. outdoor in the pure heat. No shade, no way None. to escape. Concrete you would think they would have built that in. Yeah. And Rick, with, didn't and Rick with, get a, shirt, a picture of my uh, I did. My back sweat? I, wish I, still, I think oh, I deleted did. it. But That's oh, unfortunate because that was amazing. We should, we should post that it. That could have been this week's it. We should twat um, it. episode cover. <laughs> yes, seriously. <laughs> that was, it was so hot. But it was, Yeah, that was. That was oppressive, as they say, that heat. And it, yeah. it would have been nice. I mean, it was cool. It was well, it was it was humid too. I mean, it wasn't. It was just everything. Hot. It, was it was everything that's wrong with this city, pretty much. Yeah. All wrong. I mean, the whole entire event. Yeah. No, I'm just. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, I'm just kidding. The problem with um, the look. The problem with the local music scene is the heat. Is the heat? That's what keeps people <laughs> for away. outdoor shows. Yes, I can. I can imagine that. Yeah, we need an air conditioned dome over our our town. Well, I, and that's the one thing I will say. I did love the, I did enjoy the architecture. However, getting the shiny side of the building right at us <laughs> with the angle of the sun, that probably didn't help. We baked. No, was, I'm sure we baked for a little bit. That was a little much. Well, you guys baked for a little bit, and then you took off, and then you came back and baked a little bit. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we did. And, and by baked, you mean like just scorching in the yes. SA heat. Yes. Yes. No, not smoking marijuana. Baked. Right. Out by right. the river. No. No, we went no, to go eat. Um, <laughs> Expensive hamburgers, or no hamburgers, sandwiches, sandwiches that were <laughs> eaten on a stoop next to bum shit, and and almost tossed up <laughs> during the show. Yeah, 
Yep. It took us an hour to go and come back and scarf our food <laughs> like down. Three blocks all, away. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Well, what's funny is we got time. we got to the restaurant, this little restaurant, a deli or whatever, and we walk up and we're like, oh, we can probably just sit outside because there's plenty of seating everywhere. Yeah. And we go inside and there's plenty of seating inside. Mm-hmm. And we say, hey, uh, what do you, you know, two? She goes, oh, the wait's an hour. And there was like empty seats in front of us and outside. We're like, well, can we can we do to go? And they're like, yeah, yeah, you can you can do, order to go. And that's an hour. Probably thirty to forty minutes to wow. get our to go food. So that Damn. was that's how things started. And you missed you missed all of it. That one of the enjoyable things that, that I love about going to, to local shows is bumping into people I know. And uh, while you guys were gone, I bumped into like fifteen people that I know and it was it was kinda cool. I felt like I felt semi important and that's you good. guys weren't there to share that with me and I was kinda that's sad. good. Now now we'll never believe to, you. I know, we I know. Believe you well actually anybody. you don't have to believe me. You can check out the pictures on MySA.com and you can Ooh. check out the pictures on the currents website as well. What's the current? The current, the San Antonio current. What's that? Is that a it's a local magazine. Pretty pretty popular. Got wide distribution around San Antonio. Is Rick is like Rick the, is not peeing. He's pouring like himself the, some is more that crown. Like the thrifty nickel? <laughs> no, you can't advertise for cars in there. <laughs> Porn shops advertise in there. But, but uh, you know, I heard so the other day there was a commercial for the Megaplex on, and they were like tying it into football, <clears throat> right? They were talking about like somehow tying it into football somehow. But they're like, the Megaplex, the only place in town where illegal use of the hands is encouraged. What? <laughs> Can, do you believe that? Like, oh that sounds God. illegal. For real, right? Like, why would you? Why is that part oh, of your advertising? It's a porn shop. I mean, what do you? I mean, they don't but, have. But, but, do, they, but, do, they but do they still have the theaters where you can like go like in and? People, I don't know. Be I disgusting. Assume, but no isn't like by like admission of what they're saying? They're saying illegal use of the hands is encouraged. Meaning, we encourage you to, to do somebody. illegal things. That can't be okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Mario, what would we do without you? Oh, man? that was all. That was all whiskey. Oh, I forgot to put the Red Bull. The Red Bull in it. Oh, Good man. Lord, here, taste some of that. Jeez, was it, it? There's a little bit of Red Bull in it. <laughs> Fuck nuts. A smidgen. Wow. Oh, God. Okay, that's, that's legit. But um, yeah. Anyway, so back to the Tobin Center. So, so the Tobin Center. It was. It used to be. I mean, they kind of renovated and mm-hmm. and redid what used to be the municipal and built auditorium. Onto it. Yeah, and now it's just like really amazing, kind of what I assume is a world class performing arts center, which is I great. Think so I think so. Which is a really good although we thing. didn't get to go inside at all. So yeah, well, I have we, no I idea actually, what it looks yeah, like. Yeah, that's all. That's all. Um, Aside from the windows, because, you know, <laughs> that we could look in. Free tickets only get you so close <laughs> to the building. Apparently, <laughs> they get you back lawn access. Bill Cosby's playing there, so that's yeah. a. Paul McCartney. Cosby sweater. Paul McCartney. Loudon Rainwright. So uh, w- why don't we talk about our full Tobin experience, including some of our theoretical things that we oh, that yes, I had us. Yes. Well, had well, us well, do. First, first, I got to do the shout out to the people that I did get God, to see Paul there. Paul McCartney's ugly. okay. I'll, I'll be back. <laughs> He's a oh, leather it's a face. Quick one. It's a He's quick like one. leather okay. face. Of course, I. Paul I, McCartney <laughs> checks his chainsaw mask. That, that'll be part of the discussion la- later. I think we have Paul McCartney on that list. Um, no, for like. <laughs> Wow! So I bumped into uh, the the bass player from Slow Like Fire, my buddy Lalo. I bumped into Jaime uh, Ramirez, who is part of the the uh, new Nina Diaz solo project band. Um, Also, the bass player from Pop Pistol, George. Um, 
gosh, uh, Miles, uh, aka Pork, or uh, Punk Soda. <laughs> is it Pork Soda? Pork no, no, soda. you know why? Is that Primus <laughs> That's album? Primus. That's why that's, it always pops into my head first. Uh, Punk Soda, who uh, was one of our musicians at the 210 Toys for Tots event. Um, he was there and uh, ran into somebody that I used to work with <laughs> at an old job, uh, and uh, the, the yeah, the one that was had the really low cut shirt, yeah, mm-hmm. um, the really tall one, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, that guy was handsome. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and then, and then, um, I I think that's. Pretty much it. Of course, Nina and Fani and Jen were there, and uh, oh, of course, um, Face Radle and Jimmy Mendiola. The usual, the usual suspects. So, just wanted to do a brief shout out. Like, we we missed them. We didn't I, get to say hi. We missed them all of them. We I was eating my uh, my turkey sandwich <laughs> with uh, raspberries. I forgot um, I didn't have a sandwich. I had that burger. Yeah, it was huge. It was. It was gr- mine was gross. It was gross good. <laughs> it, was, it was like it's like when you eat an entire bag, like a half pound bag of M and M's. It's like it's good, but <laughs> have you seen you the die afterwards? Have you seen the mint M and M's? No, that are out? oh Most, man, no. they're actually like, pretty good. Are they? I'm serious. Are they uh, seasonal? I don't know. Or is it a a new thing? I don't know. But I was mint impressed. M&Ms. Someone someone at work had a bag and I had a few, and I was impressed. What? Are mint M and M's? Are they are they like Andy's quality M and M's, or does it just oh that tastes like mint? <laughs> oh, mint. Andy's, Andy's Andy's it's high class. You're right. It's high class mint, dude. That's anything that comes in its that own wrapper is high class. That is the best. <laughs> right, Laffy Taffy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like fortune cookies. <laughs> are those are individually wrapped. Condoms. Most of those are. <laughs> Flavored condoms. Apparently, Rick eats condoms. Um, it's like calamari. Yeah, oh. pretty much. It's like kind of octopus penis. <laughs> All right, so rolling Polica. right into the rolling right. Uh, oh. No, no, but are the are the mint M and M's? Do they have chocolate still, or is yeah. it just no? Hmm. They're they're chocolate. So the they're shell just, is the mint part. I think so. It's just flavored. Oh. I was impressed. But I'm imagining like someone like me like. Doing what I normally do, which is eating loudly and with my mouth open and I'm like all wet, <laughs> and coming up and like eating next to your face and you being like, "God, it's gross," and me going, "No, no, it's mint." No, I think it's, it's fine. It's fine. I, it's, I, it's, I don't think they work like that. They're not as potent as you think they might be. You need to give no. them a shot. <laughs> Welcome to the candy store on NPR. <laughs> I got. So, I got to try those. I, I like different, unusual kind of. Like like the Hershey's Kisses that are peppermint during during Christmas time. Oh mm-hmm. my God, I love those. I've started like trying out all the different Snickers. I haven't actually had a normal Snickers. Snicker I dick. ate the almonds one now. The almond oh, one really? and the um, peanut butter ones. Mm. I haven't had the almond one. I gotta try that. Pretty good. There's a dark chocolate I haven't tried, and there's a three X that I was only that was only around <laughs> for a little while. It's like three times the, the chocolate. Three. Oh, three. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's called the three X. Called the Ray J. <laughs> <laughs> three times the dark chocolate. Oh wow. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who that is. Okay, so let's talk about. Either. some I don't the, either, but it's funny. Let's talk about some of the questions <laughs> that we were that we were posing that night at Tobin uh, between sets. Okay. Um, well, first of all, who, who uh, we was we it got to between see sets or would we say during during 
between sets. You're right, Mark. You're right. It was between songs. Between songs. Yeah, before we get to that, though, like, uh, we did get to, I mean, we were lucky enough to actually get to see a couple of Texas artists. Oh, yes. Yes, Um, absolutely. We got to see David Garza, Lonely Horse, and Nina Diaz solo project. Yeah, and and David Garza, I've seen him a couple of times. I got to say, I really enjoyed the first half of his performance. It was was really awesome. It was really awesome. Unfortunately, you guys made it back by the second half, so then I totally didn't even get to pay attention because you were too busy telling me, I want to puke up my my sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, uh, David Garza, you you got a chance to see him before, right? Yeah, we saw him in Austin way back when. At the Stubbs, we were talking about that. Now, David Garza, we've talked about this, because the first time you saw him was opening for... Yeah, at the Guadalupe Cultural Arts opening for Girl Girl in Coma. And I remember that's the first time I had seen him in years. And I remember that, honestly, the whole reason I went was to see him. He's he's definitely on my list of, of favorite Texas artists. Yeah. And... Back in the day, like, when he was kind of, I mean, he was, you know, he came out, I think he was from Irving, but then he moved to Austin to go to UT, and he had a solo thing, and then he had, a, like, a band, and then he kind of broke off from the band and started mm-hmm. doing his solo thing again, and that's when he got kind of noticed. He got picked up on, uh, I think, Lava Atlantic or whatever, and he put out an album. Mm-hmm. Actually, he put out an EP, then he put out this Euphoria. When it was, like, one of those albums, that, like, it was, it was, uh, it, it should have been the album. You know what I mean? Out, it should have been out. like his Nevermind or his Ten or whatever. You know what I mean? It was nice. the album that should have kind of launched his career. And it's funny because you remember Mike, the Best Buy commercial? Yes. There was a Best Buy commercial with him. And this is back when Best oh, Buy nice. gave a shit about local, anything. Local music. Anything in general. Oh, well, yeah. They don't care about anything except selling washers now. Um, but uh, yeah, he did this commercial where they played part of uh, of uh, – one of the main one of the main singles off the the album, and he's playing it live. And then he, at the end of the commercial, he stops and he goes, "I'm David Garza. You don't know me, but you will." And it was mm. such a fucking badass thing yeah. because it's. I mean, it it was backed up like it was a brilliant album. It was so different from everything else that was coming out at that time. Um, but but you know, obviously, it, it it had enough qualities of popular music that it wasn't just out of left field, but it was just a really cool kind of amalgamation of different styles. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing that commercial and being really like yeah man this guy's gonna take off he's gonna be one of those guys who before you know it's gonna be this huge monster rock star yeah and you know i think he kind of had his brushes he had a couple of like he was in a like he, did, he was on like the uh, great expectations soundtrack he was oh, in nice. on the soundtrack to that uh i think it was like that trekkies movie or something and great expectations yeah he had a slave Hawk? yeah nice. he had a song called slave in that which is like an incredible freaking song i love that movie song. and um <laughs> And he, I think, opened for Matchbox 20 on a tour, mm-hmm. toured with some decent people. And mm-hmm. anyways, my point is back when we got to see him during that time period, yeah. he had a really super tight live band, him, a lead guitarist, a drummer, a bassist, and they were fucking tight. Mm-hmm. They were just really, really great band, really good at improvising. And so I was surprised that last time I saw him and then this time, and Mike, I mean, chime in whenever, I was surprised seeing him this time mm-hmm. because, I mean, it's obviously it's been quite a few years since I saw him in that heyday, I guess. Yeah. So I was a little, it, I was, uh, uh, I was a little surprised because it was just him playing with a guitar. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Mike, what'd you think? What'd you think about it? As far as just seeing him play by himself with no band, with just yeah. the guitar. Um, well, obviously it's an amazing thing to see an artist do that anyway. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, it takes incredible gusto to just get out there and play music that mm-hmm. might typically normally lend itself to needing accompanying instruments and just co- totally go for it stripped out. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> so from like a 
respect point of view, I mean, I thought it was really awesome just to see him go out there raw and just literally plug straight into the amp and just, you know, hack away at the guitar. But that's a good example of like, for me, just the power that comes behind David Garza's songwriting Mm -hmm. shows itself best with the full band. Like Rick said, the band that, you know, is capable of playing everything really, really well, really tightly, you know, structured and just has all these different flowing parts Mm -hmm. accompanying each other really well. So it was neat to see him like that, but obviously I would love to see him in his full, you know, in his full breadth of capabilities with the, with the full band. So not that it was bad, just not, not, that's probably like if I knew he was hitting another show like that, I don't know that I, as much as I love him and I was motivated to, to see him, I don't know that I'd jump out of my chair to go and see like that just because of his type of music, you know, it's, uh, or maybe it'd be better if you had an acoustic guitar than just, you know, strumming away mm-hmm. with the electric yeah. guitar that's just completely un unassisted by you know a little yeah. bit of bass and some of the yeah. depth and texture you need from the the drums and stuff like that yeah. but i don't know I mean, he did yeah. have fawny drop on on the drums for for a song yeah that's right that was yeah. pretty, duet, duet was pretty good did, right? yeah or they did like a freestyle song and then yeah they did it was more duet. freestyle yeah yeah and that's um yeah I'm, I'm kind of the same thing it's like i'm always happy to see someone who's kind of texas born still doing their thing and like you know being exposed to 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 a different crowd i mean i mm-hmm. i would imagine you know, we were probably some of the older people in that crowd. <laughs> yeah. So I imagine a lot of those people haven't had the same exposure that we did when we were younger to them. So I, I guess as as a fan and as like a, you know, a fan from when I was younger, that's something I, I, I guess selfishly I found kind of lacking because I remember the first time we saw him, I'm like, I can't wait like for you to see this guy. Yeah. And the way I was describing him to you, like the style and the mm-hmm. show wasn't what you saw and you were right. kind of like oh like, uh, it's good i don't get it i don't get it and yeah. i was like no 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 there's like and it's almost like and i can almost and i don't know i mean i wish i knew the guy i wish like i wish he was sitting here right now because i would ask him some of these questions. I, can, I might be able to get him here uh, uh, and <laughs> while you're at it i want to use one of his songs in a movie so talk to him about oh, that well, too yeah, definitely but uh but no i mean the thing is like that style of music that he played it was it's it's fairly timeless because it's not like you know grunge music or mm-hmm. dance music or rap music. I mean, it's not that kind of music that has that kind of comes and goes in it, in its, right. in its um, popularity. popularity. Or... It's kind of like, you know, more free form music. I mean, it has a lot yeah. of, you know, there is electronic stuff in it and there's kind of classic rock stuff in it. And there's a lot of, you know, some shades of like Jeff Buckley and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, other yeah. Oh, yeah. stuff the, in the there. The first half of his set at Tobin was, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, it was really amazing. Mm-hmm. I was really impressed but I mean, I would just, from the Guadalupe I would, you experience. know, me, like, even if, if I mean, I, I realize it in, in these times, you know, in the times where major labels are kind of going by the wayside and people are more and more having to kind of do it yourself type thing mm-hmm. is it's probably cost prohibitive to travel around for one off right. shows with a band and pay people and all that thing. So I, I get I get the logistical part of it. But like, so it's like, I'll say like, if I had the money, if I was rich, I'd be mm-hmm. like, let's get you the band let's get you yeah. the band let's let's play some of these let's songs let's there. play slave let's play disco ball world let's play like he Perfect did Cheer. i found out he did play disco ball world before we got there yeah you missed it you, you found out you didn't hear it it's I, amazing fucking song i think i was probably talking with oh, what a jerk i was what a jerk no no that's fine it's fine but he's, you're a jerk but it's fine <laughs> Because that's what, and it's funny because we we're talking about I was, that. We we're like, I was getting after somebody. I was getting after Lalo from from Soul Like Fire. He had posted a video on on Facebook of a <laughs> that was very loud was of a of a puppy getting backed over by a city vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm like, I that's, told him, I'm like, did the puppy die? He's like, no, the puppy didn't die. I'm like, probably want to take that one back. 
city gross. city vehicle. You a just indicted the city. A city vehicle, a city truck. I, I can't remember who. I don't it know was, what city it was. Backed up, but it was definitely down the street. It was me. definitely a city. <laughs> it was a Santorio city truck. Now the local PETA organizations <laughs> oh are going to come. Gonna, it was well, it's on. You're going to be called shoot, in. You're going to be subpoenaed. Next thing you know, it's on YouTube. Where is this video at? You can find it on the interwebs. Um, but yeah, I was getting mad at him for that, so yeah, that's probably well, why anyways, I that, got that's, distracted. And... That's an incredible song. I mean, and to hear it, I mean, that's what he's really good at is is kind of um, mutating his songs and doing different mm-hmm. versions of them, and which is awesome. I, I, I'm always for that, especially seeing stuff like that live and seeing artists change their stuff around. Yeah. Um, but again, like I would just love at least once to see him like perform like this Euphoria in its entirety, yeah. the way that. More or less the way it was recorded, because not just for my own selfish reasons, which it would be, yeah, but to have some of the younger the people, even up and coming people, hear it, yeah, and realize that that's the kind of like Texas music you can make that mm-hmm. sounds completely original and is owing very much to, you know, classical styles and you know even Latin American music and kind of blues music and everything else in between even like you know mid 90s grunge music and kind of mixing that on there and you yeah. can do that and make an original you know exciting fresh sound so anyway so that's my commentary on the first band so so and and you were with me at uh, raw to see lonely horse you hadn't seen them before that no right? I hadn't I hadn't so you got to see them there what was your opinion of them this time at, at Tobin? I think they put on a good show. Uh, I do. I mean, I think the they're t- two definitely talented guys, and it's always good to see you know people have that kind of chemistry between them, mm-hmm. and it's it kind of obviously they feed off the crowd and back and forth because of their style and yeah. and I mean I, I would say like you know there's sometimes there's music that I can listen to live and love it. Yeah. And you kind of groove to it and appreciate it, especially with a group of people. And then there's, you know, music that I prefer to listen to on a CD in my car alone. Mm-hmm. And I would say that for me, that's more music that I would prefer to hear live, live in yeah. a group setting than necessarily to like listen to you it throw in my in. car. You know, yeah. because it is kind of like that blues infused kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a lot of those kind of throwback elements to like more traditional rock yeah. styles and stuff. And but I do love like the minimalism of it. You know, I love the energy behind it. And obviously, at, especially at the end, I mean, you had he was crowd surfing and stuff. Oh yeah, and that was cool. You saw the crowd really getting into it. So what would you think, Mike? I thought it was actually really neat. I was more impressed than I thought I would be as far as <clears throat> just again, like I said, once again seeing another another band that was more this time. Down. Yeah, it was more stripped down. You know, you have already a stripped down drum kit, and then just a guitarist you know playing electric guitar straight up and so the first thing you're always wondering is like well if there's no bass player it must be intentional and to see how much it it, uh it carried without that you know was was pretty impressive Mm -hmm. and uh i think you know the the lead the lead singer had just a ton of energy and it's always neat to see guys that have the the confidence to just go right at the crowd and you know hit their hit you with the music that they've got which i was actually pretty impressed with you know just uh, the influences and stuff like that. When oh, you yeah. hear influence, yet you hear creativity and original, original sound. On it, yeah. Pretty awesome. So I was, I was pretty impressed. I thought they, I thought they uh, played really well. And um, like Rick said, just really energetic, really good sound. And I would love to see bands like that. You know, f- unless they're happy being exactly where they are, find a groove where they, where they continue to, yeah, where they continue to expand their their palette, you know, and, and really try to open up their, their musicality, you know, mm-hmm. and that, again, I mean that in a positive way, like just to basically let's hear more, you know, oh, yeah. so, you know, keep, yeah, keep definitely. it going. So I, I dug it. 
I definitely say that that when I saw them at Raw, I enjoyed it. I, it was my first time seeing them. I had seen their stuff on YouTube. Uh, I really enjoyed the energy. Uh, at Raw, I was a little bit tuned down. I mean, the the sound quality wasn't that amazing. You know, it, it was at uh, oh God, what's the name of the place? It's uh, uh, backstage live. Backstage live. Backstage but, live. Yeah, and uh, the sound was all right. It wasn't amazing uh, at Tobin. It sounded like a more natural setting for them. I'll say Tobin. it that way. Yeah. And the whole feel harkened back to Hendrix. Like if Hendrix and the White Stripes had babies. Mm. It was That was that kind of feel. There was intelligence in the music. There was intelligence in the writing. Um, really true, good artistry. Uh, really heavy Hendrix and, and that Cherokee and, and, and uh, Hendrix music styles combined kind of groove. I thought I really enjoyed. It. I thought it was good, um, which brings yes, up. yes on the Hendrix. That was yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, we even definitely had a could, conversation. Definitely could hear that. Yeah, we even had a conversation where I was like, "This guy." Uh, I, mean, I hope I'm saying his name in the right order because it's Michael Johnny Long or Johnny Michael Long, uh, the lead the lead mm. singer. I to me, I was like, "That guy could play Hendrix in a movie," and then you told me who was it. Andre 3000, man. I'm like, what? No. Yeah. And then you showed me a picture. I'm like, holy crap, that is the <laughs> had guy. To IMDb that on your ass. Yeah, yeah, you did. And and I'm, I, I got to see that. I got to see that. But what put me in the mood to see it was Lonely Horse. And I hadn't really been in yeah. the mood to, to jam out to Hendrix in yeah. a few years, actually. It's, it's yeah. been at least five years, six That's years. That's something that I, I, I do find interesting and, and a cool thing is sometimes, like, I, I know in the past, like, seeing, sometimes seeing live bands or local live bands uh, back when I was younger, when I used to do that more, I remember like there there was bands that stuck out to me that were you know pretty mm-hmm. original and pretty kind of had their finger on the pulse of what was kind of exciting at that moment. And I remember like even you know the same way that I guess younger bands can be influenced by older bands and more mm-hmm. established bands. I remember like seeing some of these um, younger bands. And in turn, them kind of turning me back on to bands that mm-hmm. they kind of reminded me of in a good way. Right. You know, um, one of my favorite local bands probably that I've ever heard from San Antonio that I, I really wish would have, I, I thought would have got, you know, uh, a lot bigger was uh, The Cinderleaf. Mm. And yeah. like me and a friend of ours, Arnie, would always go check them out. And they were just a great, great um, uh, live band, really great songs. And it was the same thing. Like they were kind of of their time, but they were always constantly changing too. I mean, it wasn't mm-hmm. like they were stuck in a, in a style of music. They would kind of, you know, change their style as the time as they got older and the music matured yeah. stuff, and and not genre hopping, but just maturing. I would right, say. Right. But they were really in that kind of that kind of on that cusp of that time frame when like Jimmy Eat World was getting big and like mm-hmm. that type of thing, and that they kind of had that vibe. And I remember that. I remember thinking like, you know, Jimmy Eat World kind of came out. Like I'm like, why can't these guys get there too? Because they yeah. weren't in any way like they weren't guys riding on the coattails of that. You know what I mean? These right. guys were just kind of coming up at the same on time, par with and it. Yeah. influenced by the same type of music. You know, older like you know, uh, post punk like emo stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, and it just you know. But again, that's what it I mean. Like happen. it was kind of this symbiotic thing where I remember it got me more into like you know into Jimmy Eat World and vice versa, and I got to like kind of appreciate it. So it's like when I didn't get to see them live. Mm-hmm. I would go you listen to it. like similar bands, or yeah. I would listen to their album. They had a, their, um, their. I think one of the. I don't know if it was their first proper album. They did an album called uh, "What If I Can't Shine," hmm. which I absolutely wow. love. Absolutely love. 
and I still listen to it this day. I listen to it all the time. It's just a yeah. great for me. Like it's a very like important touchstone for not only like a point in my life, but musically, it's just a great. You know, mm-hmm. it, it throws off all kinds of different vibes and feelings that you know that uh. You got to put that in the of, drop. I, I want to check that out. Yeah, it's good though. It's really good. Which one was that? Um, the Cinder Leafs album. That oh what yeah, if I can't shine. And you you saw them. I, ha- I have that CD. Yeah. Where the oh yeah. Where the. Uh, it's the white CD, right? With the, just the name Cinderly in it and um, like light green. That was the one after that. That was, no, no, you're right. Yes, that yeah, is it. That it's is fantastic. It. Take it back. Yeah, that is it. Because they had come out with a couple of full links during that time period. Like I said, like I've you know, unfortunately not as up to up on local music as I was when I was younger. But uh, I know they would kind of come out with the three or four albums kind of right after each other that were just incredible albums, and the production got better and better, songwriting yeah. got better and better, and. Um, you know, it's it's always awesome. I mean, and and swinging it back around to what you're talking about, Lonely Horses having that type of local band, mm-hmm. homebred band, where they do have this creativity and originality, but there's just enough of this element of hearkening back to yeah, hearkening to to popular music or older music. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's yeah. a great oh, thing no, because yeah. the reality is for like you know the larger music, you know, consuming audience, you have to have that for something to be really like marketable and kind mm-hmm. of commercially viable and in this day and age that's important whether you're on a, yeah. a major label or whether you're doing you know do you're doing it yourself you need something mm-hmm. to connect it and i get it you know there's some people that make music that's just like i don't give a shit who what people think and i don't care what it sounds like and i'm just doing following my muse and that's fine that's great yeah but if you're actually trying to say like i want to sell albums and i want you know to, to do get, this to, for a living to, to do this for a living and to, to be able to go beyond yeah. You know, whatever it is, I, the limits I've set for myself and go beyond that and, and get bigger and get get to a, a wider audience. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, what, even if it's subconscious, like, you know, that shows through. And, and you do you, oh, yeah. you see that like in, in bands that really kind of come into their own. You can see at least the DNA of influences. Mm-hmm. And that's never a bad thing, like in terms no, of no. like their, um, you know, copying someone's style or, or like kind of just following in the footsteps of someone else. No, but I mean. You know, we all are influenced, you know, especially mm-hmm. guys of, you know, guys, guys, girls, people of our age group. I mean, obviously, we all kind of grew up in the same time where, mm-hmm. you know, we're all probably equally affected by Nirvana and Nine Inch Nails yeah, and Pearl, Pearl Jam. Jam and Metallica. And it's like, you know, sometimes people kind of try to rise above that, like, oh, well, I wasn't into that stuff. And I was listening to some bullshit seven inch that no one cares about. But yeah. it's not real. Like, it's still informed yeah, part of who you are, part, whether you realize or yeah, not. Yeah, you couldn't escape those songs yeah. in that time period. I remember reading an article uh, back when, like, Creed was, like, kind of popular. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. after My Own Prison, that album came out. Like, um, You know, for all the crap that people give Creed, I, I mean, I still, uh, yes, it all sounds the same eventually. It all sounds like the same song, but mm. they had some good stuff that like I it, it's listenable. It's still oh, there was a couple songs. I mean, I, I was saying, I mean, they they were kind of a douchey band, and yeah. I, I you know oh yeah, yeah. Uh, very high on themselves. But I mean, there was a couple songs that you know, my own prison, perfect example. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, people hate that, and I'm not going to sit here and defend it, but I I still appreciate that song. I still yeah. like that song, you know. And I I for me, I can tie it specifically to a point in my in you know in my youth you know mm-hmm. what i mean so it, it always kind of brings back certain memories um but i remember reading an article like i think when they were coming here one of the times they 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 played here i think it was at uh they played at um at uh, live oak civic center oh yeah and actually which is now uh, gone 
That's the only. <laughs> really? It's been torn down. Wow. It's now a Burger King nope. and, and a wing place. No more gun shows, huh? <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Or, wow. or pet, exotic pets. Yeah. Pet shows or. Yeah. I remember seeing them there. I'm trying to remember who opened for them. Um, I can't remember. But, anyways, there was an article like in The Weekender about uh, Scott Stapp. And he was saying how, like, you know, he grew up in this, like, really strict Baptist. Mm, upbringing yeah. or something and he couldn't listen to music and couldn't it's like he's like from the fucking footloose town or something and I remember him and then being like well are you influenced by any of the stuff that's popular now you know our pearl jam or nirvana mm-hmm. and he was like oh no i never listened to music growing up i never listened to popular music i just do my own thing and that that mm-hmm. was kind of like the beginning of that bullshit of like come yeah. on dude like you guys owe everything it, yeah, to pearl jam informed. and metallica yeah. Like that's just in Alice in Chains. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. The, you know, uh, I forgot what that song is. Not my own prison. But there's the, the other song. Um, I think it's called Ode. I don't know. Whatever the, the other song they play on Kiss all the time. It oh. sounds like an Alice in Chains song. Yeah. A good one. That's fine. A very good serviceable version <laughs> of an Alice. You know, but it's like that, that. That stuff sometimes doesn't happen in a vacuum. Yeah. And it's okay to admit that. It's okay to go. I like music. I. That's the worst thing for me. Yeah. Like. Um, is when you have like artists, whether they're musicians or artists or writers or filmmakers or whatever, and they say, "Oh, I don't, I don't absorb any kind yeah, of." Yeah, that's art. bullshit. People I don't, don't exist movies. in a vacuum. I don't watch movies. I don't listen to art. All I just, I just sit in my room and do my art. Like, no, no. like that doesn't work. Mm. Like that, because one, it's too hard yeah. to not absorb anything. Yeah. I mean, yes, everybody wants to find their own voice and their own creativity and kind of to follow their own muse, but. I mean, it, it's 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 hard for me to swallow that someone says, "Oh, I don't listen to music." Yeah, I don't listen. I only listen to like the Beatles, man. That's all I listen to. I don't listen to anything in the last twenty years. Like, mm-hmm. I don't believe that. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't believe it. Especially when a band sounds like a band that came out five years ago. Yeah, you know, I remember uh, years ago we went and saw a band at White Rabbit. I don't even know what they were called. Probably not even around anymore. And I remember they they were playing this music, and it wasn't bad, but it was of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, late '90s, early 2000s. And Scooter. They, they, they were playing a couple of songs, and they were decent. And uh, before this next song, the guy's like, hey, it's our next song, but, uh, you know, I just want to I want to say this, that, like, we wrote this song a long time ago, just so you guys know. I was like, okay, I don't know who you are anyways. I don't care. <laughs> well, they bust into this song, and it sounds very much like um, – that higher song by Creed. Oh yeah, <laughs> it sounds very, very, oh, very man. similar, which is fine. Yeah, whatever. I don't care. That's a good. That's a good enough song. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, in terms of just it being catchy and it's got a long shelf life, but they were, but they were aware of it. Yeah, and it's like we no, we wrote this song first. Like maybe you did fine, but like whatever. That's the fucking you know unless you're like well, Marvin Gaye's kids and you want to sue everybody for fucking stealing you know your dad's farts then but you but, know. He, but you also have to <laughs> <laughs> fucking fuck there, there's a, there's a, there's a two side to, to me there's a two side to that so that song in particular th- that song in particular to me is one of those things that like it could have been created by any other band at any other time right. within that like five or six it's years from the guff of of grunge yeah. music like it, I mean it, any of those any of the popular bands during that time could have put that song out and it wouldn't yeah. matter it would be the same it would be identical so that's one part of it the second part of it is for a local band I kind of get where they're where they're wanting to be like we wrote this first like this this was ours first we don't because they they don't want that image being tarnished by they're like, look, it's a really good song. We love it. Obviously, it 
it follows so close to this other song that's yeah. a huge hit that we're it's viable to us still. But we want to remind people that we're not stealing. You know, I get that. I understand right. that. Um, so yeah, I don't think it was wrong of him. I just think, I just think maybe there could probably have been a better way to put it than maybe. Or... <laughs> but it's funny because all these years later, that's what I remember about that. Yeah, I don't remember what the song was called. Or I don't the remember name of the, the, name the band. Of the band or. <laughs> anything i remember that moment i'm going yeah i know why you said that because yes it sounds exactly like the song that comes on the radio 40 fucking times a day yeah. and that's yeah. fine that's fine because that guy's crazy the creed guy he's a in a porn. he's rich he's in a porn he got arrested for having machine guns and having wow. a fucking standoff with the cops he looks like a fucking montgomery moose like fuck that guy that's fine oh like those guys would be beyond him by now. You yeah. know what I mean? I hope they are. Wherever they are, I hope you guys... Maybe it was Coldplay. That's who we were watching at White <laughs> Rabbit that one night. I don't know. Oh, Before man. they had bad teeth. So so that brings us to our final uh, Nina Diaz solo project. I got to say, first off, I was, I was pleasantly surprised and impressed. I think that musically she surrounded herself with some, some really good people for this project. One of them I went to high school with, Jaime Ramirez, uh, who was on keys and backup vocals, and I think he was playing another instrument. I didn't get to like the. I don't know if he was doing it at the show. I know I saw him do it on one of their YouTubes or, or Instagrams, where it's like the pipe that you blow into and it's attached to the little keyboard. Have you seen those? Was that Mike? Like a not the voc vocoder? Voc- Is it? I don't know. What's that thing called? That, yeah. Is that a vocoder? Hashimah. <laughs> point being i think they pulled a lot of a a lot of interesting they pulled from a lot of different resources they didn't use a same similar format for each of their songs each of their songs had its own feel its own groove its own appeal um its own roots i think every song had its its own life independent i think i think that's that's my takeaway from it was that was that that was primarily something I got to enjoy that I'm not used to with a lot of local bands. Yeah. Not every local band, of course, but I mean, just there's some of them pigeonhole themselves into where it's like, okay, you know, same thing like Creed. It's like Style. every song, yeah. You say Creed? Creed. Yeah. We you talking, missed yeah. it, baby. We were talking about Creed at length. About at their, length. Their, their I, mi- attributes, I missed a Creed discussion. Their, yeah. their, their, their platinum certifications, <laughs> their music in the vacuum. We, we Wikipedia them. Yeah. We actually updated their Wikipedia page while you were gone. Yeah. Wow. And it says Mike, Mike Benavides. <laughs> <It's> Mike's <laughs> favorite band. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. So what, we, uh, what are your thoughts on the, we're talking about the Nina Diaz solo stuff. What do you think about that as, as opposed to the Girl in a Coma stuff? Here? So if I'm just doing a straight comparison from In a Coma to solo, um, it was neat to see the musical influence of, of other in, musicians mm-hmm. coming together and, and bringing that stuff. Cause I think we talked about this that night, how vocally it seemed to be kind of in the same vein as far mm-hmm. as what Nina does with, with Kuma. So, um, I think there was a lot more room for stretching mm-hmm. that maybe, I mean, I assume this is what you always kind of assume since, you know, we don't have the, all of the Intel when, someone that's part of a band someone that's part of a band goes into a solo setting on their own it's typically to find space for music that might not have had room in the present you mm-hmm. know setting of their of their band and it kind of gives them a chance to stretch the wings a little bit just so that it doesn't you know deviate from the i, I don't i don't really know what i'm saying because it's kind of one of those things where for me like if i was in a band 
if I had a song that's an acoustic song and an electric guitar song and another one that's an electronic EDM song, I'd put it all on the same flag because I'm the one writing it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But that's probably why I'm not a musician because, you know, I, I guess you're supposed to sort of compartmentalize those things in different places. But I think more than her not being able to play certain music with the girls might just be that it was a chance to collaborate with other musicians, which I think mm-hmm. maybe sometimes can give you a whole new uh, breath of fresh air, which it seemed to be like from what we saw, because yeah. uh, especially having a keyboard, mm-hmm. you know, that really adds just those extra layers of depth yeah. and atmosphere to the to the music, gave it some extra textures to, you know, a familiar, a familiar Nina sound, but with a totally different, you know, backing sound. So mm-hmm. I was pretty impressed. I thought it was really well. And of course that gigantic screen looked really pretty. Yeah. And, um, with the, with the, the Mac background, the visual. Yeah. Screen the, yeah. It looked like they were just showing off that million dollar screen. So that, looked that was cool. a beautiful screen. It was, it right. Was. It was I like, just wow. wish they would have used it for actual video capture. Yeah. We talked about that. It would be nice if they just done a live Need some live shots of of uh, the show and showing it off that way. That'd be interesting. The the yeah. Radiohead live show, the last one that I went to, was probably I think a year or two ago. They um they have something like I want to say close to like fifty square screens, all in different positions, just completely mm-hmm. above the band. Yeah. And again, these are arena shows, so they have the space to do that. But there's like the the screens are all some are tilted forward, some are tilted sideways, some are trapezoidal i mean but all of the screens are in the right orientation would either have random visuals showing up and then would have close-ups of like tom york's face or colin's face or it would be a top-down view of like the pedal board or an up view of like the drum set just all completely different variances of the band playing it some were pulled out shots you know from zoomed out some were zoomed right in once one square screen i'd say each screen was probably like probably i mean i'm assuming because of the depth perception i'm saying like maybe let's say like four four by four feet something mm-hmm. like that for each square mm-hmm. you know so they're pretty sizable but uh you know some of them you would see you know just the strumming of a guitar it was just it was yeah. fascinating to see stuff like that and i'm like sometimes that's more powerful than trying to put on this yeah. live show with all these different visuals and effects and lighting schemes or whatever just it feels like you're live at a show and yet you're somehow still behind the scenes because the one thing you don't get to be a part of in the live shows is what they're doing to make the sound come out especially if you're sitting seating really far away you can barely see anything that's happening you're just sort of listening like the nail show that we were at in austin Mm -hmm. you know there's nail shows we've been at where we're right up on the front and then that one is probably the furthest i've ever been period yeah you know and so with the tobin center you know seeing the headlining band for for nina solo Mm -hmm. solo band you know it was pretty cool to see obviously it was dark now and it wasn't as hot and stuff yeah. like that but that giant screen even if it was just a bunch of it looked like screens apple screensavers if it was them <laughs> fractal yeah fractal <laughs> yeah it looked uh I, well, and, I, and i'm saying that to compliment the band i don't think that they would have put that stuff up as as theirs i was probably just kind of yeah. a, hey let's have something on yeah, if yeah. I'm wrong, then that's... Well, it's better than that. <laughs> <laughs> that hey, Mike, our graphic design guy spent, spent $400 million putting those together. My bad. I'm but, just glad it wasn't the, the, the logos for Do 210 and, and uh, what was the other one? Uh, uh, Squirt. The cab. Squirt. Oh, yeah, those com. were on the whole time. Squirt.com. Yeah. What? No, like the taxi Uber. ride. Uber. Uber, yeah. Uber. Yeah, I mean, there was um, nothing wrong with that, but like during a performance, I would expect yeah. something. To, hey, David Garza was even like, oh, so I, I guess I'm promoting these guys yeah yeah i don't know i i think they could have done something better with that yeah but but i mean the, the thing is too i mean th- what's awesome is i mean obviously like with what we kind of uh at this point now like you know what the tobin 
the new Tobin Center mm-hmm. was designed for is really to attract national oh, artists. Yeah. You know, and really doing it, and which is great. But it's great in that setting to see them, you know, uh, showcasing live mm-hmm. a local artists, Texas people, and I mean, yeah. even even on that side, I'll that take side the backyard. Stage, I I'll mean, take it the was backyard. great. That's fine. I mean, it, it was cool, which we noticed. And we kind of made you know kind of some fun of it was that there was some other type of. Uh, event going on it wasn't the mm-hmm. jason Mraz thing in between that it looked like there was a wedding or something happening oh really and there was quite a number of people watching oh yeah the show we were at from indoors in the nice air in the nice air condition <laughs> and they're sitting there watching the new ds show the mm-hmm. lonely horse david garza and that's cool you know what i mean because yeah. you're exposing people one way or another to local stuff to live stuff and, and sitting there and seeing them play in front of a crowd of I imagine 800 people or mm-hmm. 500 people or whatever it was that's awesome because I mean and you've talked about that before here and then you know in your in your uh, 210 local music podcast about local venues and, and mm-hmm. giving local artists um, whether they be you know performance artists or musicians or filmmakers whatever yeah. a the, shot. The, the venues to, to put on their art yeah and that was a really good i mean and i imagine that's part of the kind of larger tie-in of what they were mm-hmm. trying to do was to kind of show that you can put on one of these events in this space and have people show up have people spend money have people appreciate it have mm-hmm. people advertise it and you know to really show what it can do i mean it was great once the sun went down you know <laughs> yeah it was great seeing that beautiful building and those led lights kind of coming mm-hmm. on and off and seeing that gigantic massive awesome hd screen yeah and and just gives you an idea of like of what the things that were probably in store for mm-hmm. you know stuff that oh, yeah. you know whether it's film screenings or performance art or visual art or other bands i mean that's just that's great i mean yeah. it, it it only opens a million doors you know hopefully for the art in this city and everything that so many people in this town are working towards to try exactly. to, to try to. Uh, I think it was a good foster, shot in the arm. You know? I think it was a good shot in the arm. I think I think we could stand to use at least maybe two or more, <laughs> three or more of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a step in the right direction. I would love to see a, a local band get to play indoors at the Tobin. I don't think it's going to happen. No, it's a imagine. I haven't. I imagine it's massive. Yeah. I mean, because even when we went with seeing a show at the at the uh, Lila Cockrell. Which is when we saw like Pussifer there. Like right. That's, yeah. I mean, that's oh, a pretty incredible venue. Right. Great concert. And, I still think about that concert. And, um, you know, the Majestic, the Lila Cockroach. I mean, you have those venues that are just great venues. But, mm-hmm. I mean, Mike, Mike, when we saw uh, Pussifer at uh, the, Long, the Long Theater, right, uh-huh. in Austin, uh-huh. I mean, it wasn't a huge difference from seeing them at the Lila Cockroach in terms, I mean, it was the same show. Right. Right. But I mean, in terms of the quality, the sound quality, the visual quality, it was it was probably was it on par? I mean, would you say like it's pretty close? You know what I mean? I think so. Um, yeah. And that and that's a great thing. That's a great thing for this town. I mean, did, did you get to see? You saw Eddie Vedder there? Yeah. How was that? I uh, didn't get to see incredible. that. Incredible. That was uh, Glenn Hansard and Eddie Vedder oh, together. Right. Did and they do uh, yes. Falling Slowly yes. together? Nice. Yes, they did. Um, no, it was just, it was incredible, and uh, <clears throat> the the sound acoustics were flawless mm-hmm. and I, I mean i just thought it was an amazing show and and he uh, you know he busted out the electric again played some of that mm-hmm. solo um stuff like that but eddie sounded incredible there plus for sounded incredible there and yeah. i mean i think we've got a lot of venues here that you know not just have the the size and the architecture but that that extra it factor which is you mm-hmm. know just the sound acoustics where you walk yeah. away feeling like you know you had yeah. your 
the whole Sonic experience is on yeah. par with you know some of the bigger places. And out, I think that's what's missing. I think that's what's missing for local bands here is is the sound. I mean, really, there's a handful of places that I that I go to, and there's a handful of places that I avoid because of the sound. I mean, I hear bad stuff coming from some places that I just I've never been, and I don't plan on going anytime soon, no matter who goes to play there. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I got to say, I feel bad for the for for doing that, but. I want a good experience. I want a 502 bar experience. Right. I mean, the sound that night at the 210 Toys for Tots event was spectacular. Yeah. It was awesome. That's the biggest thing. If you're going to have... But you go to and, the Rabbit. And, and, oh, yeah. Oh hey, God. the Rabbit's almost finished. Do you hear about that? Yeah. Sold. Sold. Yeah, yeah you guys family about sold that. It. That's... I'm excited about that. So, I'm how, uh, when does that happened. go through, or when is that finalized? I think it's still in process. Like, I think it, the deal is done, but the family still has it for a little while longer. Because okay, I, I know that I was looking today at a band that I, I really liked um, quite a few years ago. Is actually we got back together. Not oh, a nice. local band, uh, you know, a band called Finch. You remember them? Oh yeah, yeah. And they're actually playing there like October 29th, I think. And I've I, I saw huh. I got to see them once. I think at, that's um, under the new management. I got to see them once at a Warp tour at, out at Verizon uh, with Arnie, and I was really happy to see them live because I thought their first album was incredible. I didn't care too much for their for their second album, but their first album is just really really incredible. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it'd be cool to catch them before that place is a parking lot or a. Well, no, it's still uh, going to be a music venue or whatever it is. They're, they're still going to keep it a music venue. They're just going to open it up more. They're going to try to get bigger national acts. I think they're oh, going to try to, try I mean, to revamp good. it. I mean, that's the thing. I, I think you, you know, we, you know, you've talked about that, and we've talked about that some. It, you know, the the better venue you can have, the better it is mm-hmm. for everybody. Because yeah, that's fine if you att- attract more national acts. That's great. But you know, you're not going to have a national act selling that place out every night. Yeah, which means that gives local bands opportunities to get in there mm-hmm. and play in a nice venue with great sound, and really show people you know the full spectrum of what they yeah. can do. Because you're right, a lot of times there's there's venues that are kind of sub subpar. Well, and what's going on with that place that Tim's Burger, Burger Joint bought? What's uh, it called? Aztec. Uh, Aztec. Yeah. What's I don't going know. on with that? I don't know. I haven't gotten to keep up with that. I'm not sure either. The Aztec Theater downtown, uh, right there by. St. Mary's off St. Mary's. Yeah, I don't know, San, the, but I think it's the same Sam's thing. Burger they're they're, they're going to do a, a music venue type place. They're going to open it up probably too. Yeah, but the thing is, like you know, and I realize there's. I mean, I, I I don't know how all that works, but I realize there's a, uh, you know, some cost prohibition there in terms of you know you mm-hmm. can't be like oh some local band's going to play the majestic every night you know and we're going to have to pay the, the sound people. Yeah, I, yeah. I get that, but you know I think that's. I think just as much as those people, you know, those people that run some of these higher end venues, just as much as they want to make a make a dollar uh, and make their operating budget and mm-hmm. bring in, you know, kind of prestige artists, I think you know they do kind of owe it to the city to like yeah. give opportunities for, oh, for yeah. local artists to play on these beautiful stages, these beautiful mm-hmm. sounds uh, systems, and these beautiful lighting systems, I you agree. know, I and agree. and give you know not just I mean, like I said, I don't know the intricacies of, the, of how that works. I know there's, you know, there's unions and there are there's people that are employed by them or not or whatever. But I mean, you know, if you have a show there every night, and I know that's again that's might be cost prohibitive, but 
to give people opportunities to get in there and play their music and to have, you know, um, up and coming sound designers or lighting mm-hmm. designers get in there and have an opportunity to work with that type oh, of yeah. equipment and that type of, you know, scenario or be mentored by people. I, I don't think know. It would, I Again, think it would have I, a I don't big know the, how the, you know, the inner workings of that stuff, but I mean, but the impact of it, I think, you yeah. know, I think it's, it's, it's like, <laughs> it's like having fighter pilots that only train in Cessnas finally get into a Tomcat and be like, Oh, yeah. this is what it's, you know, this is what it's about. I think you're right. I think I think that should be something that the city kind of does, or the organizations that that are doing this kind of give back to. I would love to see that kind of thing. Um, I don't know. I, and and as far going going back to what Mike was saying about uh, Nina, I agree with with you that her voice is is very similarly used as in Girl in Coma. I think it's it's. You, you, her voice to me is unmistakable. Right. You hear her, in, right. so you, but I think she's kind of one of those, those vocalists who, in a similar way as if you hear Maynard James Keenan in, in Tool and you hear him in Pussifer and you hear him in, in, uh, oh my God, my brain just went blank. Perfect circle. Perfect circle. Thank you. If no matter which Green one, Jello. <laughs> no matter which one you hear him and you know it's him, you know. I think I think Nina's kind of in that same vein with regard to that. I think no matter what type of style she sings or or which band she's got backing her up, it you're gonna it's unmistakably gonna be Nina Diaz. And wow. I think that's a good thing. I think that's a signature because she's got that kind of female crooner voice. Yeah, I just wish they would have called her solo project um, "Girl Not in a Coma," <laughs> "Girl Awakened from a Coma." <laughs> <laughs> But that's just me. Hey, so at the Aztec Theaters, I'm looking at the website, and yeah, they got they're fully functional, man. Oh, and Mike, Mike, you'll be very, very, very excited to know that on the 20th of September, which is only a few short days away, <laughs> that Limp Biscuit will be playing there. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. You know, I've actually seen them live one time yeah. uh, when uh, Moses, rest in peace, mm-hmm. he, yeah. he and I went to the Family Values tour oh, at, that's at right. the you Dome. Got to see Filter I got to see too. Filter. Oh. I got to see Primus. I got to see Stained. Yeah, and that's right. I would have loved to have seen this. That show. It was actually a really, really great show. Mm-hmm. Actually, just hearing Wes Borland play guitar live was awesome. Yeah, uh, Fred Durst's was a complete um, everything you would expect out of yeah. him. But um, actually, wasn't he one of the guys we were talking about that we would yeah. go back in time and yeah. not, oh, not yeah. have? So yeah, who, so this, who was that? I, I, I didn't our, have a problem with the man, but that was—I think that was my pick. That yeah. was yeah, that was Michael's <laughs> pick. So we also in between songs, in between sets, whatever. Um, while we were old manning it back in the seated areas, which were just like long cement benches, um, which were still beautiful, and they didn't hurt my ass as much as I thought they would. Um, but we were talking about—I don't even remember how we got started on it—but just questions to each other as far as uh, what was the first one, Michael? Um, the first thing I think uh, was um, if you could um, absorb someone's talent. Was that one of them? I think it was. Yeah. If yeah. If, if you if if one of us if any any all three of us could pick um, an artist, one person, mm-hmm. uh, and take their the talent their them. ability and their talent, which would then mean they never had it. So. If yeah, you, kind of nullify their existence at right, the same time. But you have the capability to write every song they've written, and then also be as creative as you want to be with their with their brain. Mm-hmm. I think was our first little what if. So mm-hmm. what was what was your answer to that one, Michael? I'm trying to um, I think I was teetering between Tom York and David Gilmore, and I chose Tom York. Yeah, that's um, right. If I if I could, not that I wanted to deprive the world of Radiohead, just that oh, I yeah, would want 
that, that talent. He he's two, the one he I would. You want two eyes. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, man. And Rick, who was your pick? Evil. You're so evil. <laughs> Somewhere Tom York's twitching. Eye is twitching. He doesn't know why. What was the question? What was my pick for who would I would absorb? Yeah, their talent. I don't even remember what my answer was now that I think about it. And we spent a lot of time, and that that guy was right next to you on your lap listening to you. God, he was was absorbing your balls. (laughs) Yeah, this guy comes right up to me. Like, there's, what, 20 feet of of naked Concrete. concrete, like, bench for him to sit on, and he's, like, up on my thigh. He was inside you. It was, yeah, well, it was I just, disturbing. You were inside him, if we're being correct. Mm. Yeah. You were deep. Me. You were deep. You were, <laughs> you were mushroom deep. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, he, so I didn't move because I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fold to this guy. And eventually he did move, but like, just kind of disturbing. But wh- I, I can't remember what my answer was. I can't remember what your answer was. You said you wanted to kill. No, 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 not that one. Not I said I would kill Paul McCartney. No, 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 I think not that question. Not that question. No, <laughs> the absorbing, the power absorbing. I think we'll I said Eddie kill. Vetter. I think I said Eddie Vetter. Okay, you I, I kind of settled Rick on Eddie Vetter. Rick chose Eddie. You chose Jimi Hendrix, and I chose yes, Tommy. Right. That's right. Yes, because okay, you wanted to you die young. Me. You said <laughs> you wanted to die swallowing your own vomit. Oof. No, and then well, we wouldn't and then you talked yourself out of starting a super band with me and Rick because I'd be Tom York, oh yeah, vocally and musically, and then he'd be Eddie Vedder, and you were like, well, it wouldn't work if I was whatever. So well, a god a guitar, and I don't think the styles lend him. He'd be like Crosby, Stills and Nash. I, I still, I like still York Vedder, and I can't defend, I can't defend oh, Hendrix's voice. So did voice. we agree that you would squander that talent? <laughs> Jimi Hendrix in your hands would. None of those hits would have come out. No, no, I'm not saying that by any means. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that uh, I don't know. Hendrix can hold his own. Would you have spent it making jingles for commercials? No, no, oh. no. So, th- so then our next question after that was, uh, if we could eliminate somebody from music history completely, d- completely erase them. They didn't exist. And who Therefore, was, who was whoever yours? they influenced didn't exist. I took out Britney Spears. Yeah, see, I went straight for the straight for the easy, the obvious, the pop. I ooh, just Britney just, Spears. You want to kill her? Eliminate, eliminate. Just she just rub her out. Terminate. So to eliminate them, does that mean they would Adjudicate. die or they would just disappear? No, they like, just never like existed. Marty McFly. Like, yeah, just yeah. She's no longer in the picture. She That's doesn't mean. exist. What about her kids, dude? She has kids. Your poor, father, poor Mario. Kids, Your father. Poor kids is what. Yeah, as a father, I say so, poor kids. So if she disappeared, I say, that I say maybe kids those kids would have been better off. No, no, but would her kids <laughs> with a different person? If she disappeared, you have to take that into account now. Let's get real. That That's what? fine. That's fine. If, if he erased her existence, her right. kids would disappear from existence. So you're taking three lives, Mario. <laughs> but it's not in a murder aspect. It's in a. You, but she disappears. God, the thumb of God is she rubbing disappears, them out. Of ex- so do her timelines. <laughs> But so, see, but see, Rick, you can't change what happened. And eventually, those kids would be born somewhere else. You can't stop. You can't stop. <laughs> there's or, or there's a limited number of souls. Her, those two kids were the last original souls in heaven. It's the seventh sign. No, what? what who was your six pick? Sign. Six sign. The guff. <laughs> I made the reference earlier. You didn't get it. I said the guff. The guff. Wow. The guff. The guff is empty. Demi Moore. I didn't get that reference. I haven't seen that movie. <laughs> that in, fuck, that's a badass movie. Yeah, dude. I haven't seen that movie in more than ten years. I remember as a kid it seeing was, that an and awesome being kind of creeped it. out because of that part where she gets naked, mm-hmm. where she gets in the in the shower and she wants to slit her wrist, but she's pregnant. 
Yeah. So it's weird because as like a little kid seeing that, you're like, oh, she's naked. Yeah. But then you're but like, she's, but she's pregnant, pregnant and she's, she's going to kill herself. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was it was very traumatizing. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Uh, but it did feature Michael Bean, who's going to be at, at the Comic Con. Yeah. And I to see which, he does, oh, which he doesn't have taken care of for us yet. I know. I, I asked I'm, him if he got the email. I'm that, still that's waiting. not taking care of anything. It's like, did you? Take... Hey, hey, have you gotten yourself in? It's also yeah. 180 dollars no, no. if you yeah. want to pay for yourself. That's just mean, man. We're part of your team, and this is how you treat us. Wow. God. I'm gonna take my wife. Is it gonna be a three hour long Comic Con? <laughs> are you gonna? Are y'all gonna be out there for three hours <laughs> straight, nonstop? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> three straight hours of Comic Con, <laughs> going to all the booths. Probably probably All closer to, to seven or eight hours. Wow. wow. Straight Comic-Con, straight right. cosplay. Well, I know you're capable of going that long. That's impressive. I'm so glad. I'm glad I'm, I won't get to see that. <laughs> so, by the way, I have to apologize to Michael Bean because, uh, yeah, I misspelled his name. Why would you apologize? That guy I misspelled his name. I put B-E-A-N. <laughs> like Bean? Like he's Mr. Bean. Really? Yeah. What a jerk. I didn't know. Come on, man. I looked it up and I was like, oh, I spelled it B-I-E-H-N. wrong. B-I-E-H-N. I get what it now. Jerk. I know. Anyway. I hope, when, you know what? When we, Let's when, talk about jerks. Let's talk about jerks, everybody. Hopefully I get guess to Comic-Con. Guess I'm like, who? this guy thinks your name's fucking Baracho Beans. <laughs> so you got, you got rid of Brittany to, to completely eliminate of, the, the pop the pop spawn that has gone from there. I knew it wouldn't be eliminated, but it want to You wanted to eliminate her from your system, from your body. So you eliminate. No, I wanted to hopefully lend a hand to keeping down staving away pop but what did she do i don't i still don't understand this what did she do he's so saying that she, that her her the birth of her music and her <laughs> and phenomenon what it spawned, her spawned a whole other culture it spawned another culture of all these other pop Lizzie stars her, that might not be yeah, here selena exactly. gomez maybe yeah um so, so that's why Christina I said, Aguilera and that's why I said of, I would uh, remove Fred Durst because he would remove yes, all the rap rock the rap crap rock, that right. like infiltrated. Who? But who, who? Yeah. The thing is, we don't remember any of those people. So what does it matter? Like who? Pod, Papa Roach. Well, I kind of like Pod. That one <laughs> what? song. That one song. I really, I really <laughs> like that one song. <laughs> You just nullified your own argument. What are you talking about? Well, and some stuff you just can't keep from from developing anyway. But, but my point is like that. That's why you have to really. I mean, and let's you know. Man, I hope you're you're keeping up to date with the it's a guy think podcast dot com social media. Put these <laughs> polls out there and ask people these questions because that's why I said like Fred Durst. He's a tool. He's bald. He you know he had sex with Britney Spears as far as we know well there you go we wipe them both out so and then but, you, then but, you but, save but a couple what, of what really really what i mean i'm not defending you him, save a couple what, of penicillin really shots do? for people like, that really said, need like, him he spawned these other groups but i don't even remember them i mean pod had like that one song that was not terrible yeah it was not terrible song, what's it called alive not that one that one sucked <laughs> 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 the other one the other one I'm the still alive by that for the very first time <laughs> what song are you talking about? The one, the other one, uh, the that's how it goes. I the one with the kids singing because yes, everyone's got to take the Pink Floyd. Yes, thing. everyone's got to do that. We are, we are. Yeah, that's oh, a good fucking song. Of a nation. And it's not rap. I mean, there's rapping probably like, <laughs> but is that really rapping? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's not Mother's Milk bad, but it's bad. Okay, first of all, we, we have to apologize to everybody's ears. Rick, Rick just totally blew the sound waves, so hopefully... Oh, sorry. Sorry I blew up your bows. <laughs> no highs, okay. no lows. Must be your bows. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, interlude brought to you by Bose Sound System. 
So who did you remove with the th- the thumb of Paul God? McCartney. Okay, so there so was no, and remember there was no a, a fucking beetle. like qualm. It was it's like, the only time he didn't hesitate. Everything else no, yeah. he took hours like, on. <laughs> this time he's like Paul McCartney. I wish I could do a Paul McCartney voice just for this podcast. I can't. I'm terrible at voices, but it's horrible. It's like a, it's like if you, it's like somebody talking with two so, tongues. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even do it. <laughs> so, so what's the argument to remove Paul McCartney from existence? He just bugged me, man. He's bugged me out. So this is a personal vendetta. Stupid Rickenbacker or whatever the hell they play with. It looked like a freaking mandolin. What was it? This bass guitar? <laughs> <laughs> annoying. He just seemed like he stifled Mr. Lennon. He probably <laughs> Mr. Lennon. He probably he probably programmed. No, I thought uh, didn't Mark Yoko Paul Ono? Gossler. That's the guy that shot him, right? Mark Paul Gossler. I believe so. Is that is that is that <laughs> Zach Morris's dad <laughs> or Zach Morris? Albert Clifford <laughs> Slater is the shooter. <laughs> oh, we gotta talk about that too. How much? What, what's our what's our time frame on? Right now we're at an hour three. Are we are we pushing it? I think we got plenty to talk about. We got Saved by the Bell. Yeah. We got the other thing, the Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye. Alan Thickness. Laquanda's treat tweets. Did you like those, Mike? <laughs> that was amazing. Those those are incredible. We got to read those. Oh man. Okay, so we're we gonna do part two, or we're we gonna keep going. No, I think I think we're, we'll we'll call this one. We'll call this one. I think once you blew up the bows, I think people are ready to to call it a night. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Plus, we had, we had to have a small EMP in here to keep. To keep Rick off the, the laptop and Mike off the phone. We want to thank you for tuning into the channel of the podcast. Dude, that sounded like Flea, man. You're Dude, a good yeah. bass player. You brought the, <laughs> who, who needs? Why who would knew? You, who knew Rick brought the bass in? Why with would him? That you, sounded why amazing. Why would you need to buy a bass? You've got your mouth. That's my Paul McCartney riff right there. <laughs> <laughs> hey Rick Don't be so mean to me <laughs> I, I think he'll survive I think he'll survive John, we'll, I'll, I'll let him know in a couple of weeks when he's here cause... <laughs> Cause I killed oh, my friend Man on that note You guys have a great time Night, day, whatever Have fun at work <laughs> Go to sleep if you're not already asleep Hopefully we woke you up a minute ago Um Definitely check out the website, 210 <laughs> Local Music. <laughs> Alex Claire's playing plastic. Forget which podcast I'm doing now. The Pink Floyd <clears throat> Experience. The, did you say 210? <laughs> yeah, wow. No, what a jerk. Nobody stopped. <laughs> plugging his own stuff. Man. The Mario, Mario <laughs> Lopez.com. The Mario Show. No, thanks for tuning in to It's a Guy Thing podcast. Check out the website. Check us out on Twitter. Um, check out the show notes. There's links there. Thanks to iTunes for making everything linkable now. Uh, so you can just click on the picture and then click on whatever link you want, and it'll take you right there. Uh, see you guys next time. Bye.